look, we got to talk about something. As we are all thriving girlies in our 30s, we got to get our lives together. And I know no one wants to talk about like estate planning and conservatorships and guardianships and like leaving a will and all this stuff. But I got the ladies to help you do it. Trust me, this is where you want to go. We got a group of Petoskey ladies, okay, Nelson Forster and Stickovich Law. They are incredible. And I like that female connection, especially if you're talking to someone about your marriage, about trust stuff, about divorces, about you name it. Any sort of mediation or family law you need help with, they're the gals who will get you. They are proud sponsors of this episode of the pod, and I'm happy to have them. That is Nelson Forster and Stickovich. You can look them up at accesslaw.net. The info's in the show notes. Look them up. Can't go wrong. Welcome to Clinks the Podcast, stories from behind the scenes of owning a business, raising a family, and navigating the challenges that arise from both. Join my husband and I as we document being coworkers, lovers, friends, and elder millennials just trying to figure it all out. Hi, everybody. Hello, Clinks to you, and welcome to another episode of Clinks the Podcast. Hope everyone's having a great beginning of your week so far. I'm Kaylin. I'm Matt. Welcome back. Episode four of our six-week trial run of a foray into podcasting. Matt Sheik, how do you think it's going? I give it a solid A. It's been really? fun. Well, it's the downside. It takes a little bit of time for us, but this is fun. All right. <laughs> it's either this or watch Full Swing on Netflix, which but is not oh a bad alternative. Oh my God, is it good? It's it is so, so I good. I plowed through it in the weekend. When you were out of town. Okay, you know my dream. For those of you who don't know, Full Swing on Netflix is a docu-series by the same producers who did the F1 Racing docu. um, And Full Swing follows the PGA Tour, which is the Professional Golf Association, the the highest level of professional golf. Did you confirm they're the same producers? Yes. It's the same people that brought you both. Cool. That's why they're both awesome. I do. I have a sweet spot for a well-produced it's everything. It is the cinematography. It is the production value. It is the editing. It is the crystal, crystal clear. I'm talking 5K, 4D, whatever the highest. The picture is so beautiful. It's so beautifully shot. It is so well narrated. The storytelling is incredible. And you guys know I'm a sucker for this because I have a television degree. So like my love language, aside from words of affirmation, is a well-produced docuseries. I think you can agree. Oh, it's awesome. If you're a diehard golf fan, there's not a lot that's going to, there's nothing in there that's going to surprise you, but it's very entertaining. Even if you aren't a golf fan, though, like we're big golf fans, but even oh, if my you mom, aren't a golf my fan. My mom watched it with us. She was, she doesn't know the difference. This is turning into a golf podcast, by the way. I know. God, we talk about golf. She, <laughs> I had to pause it a lot, but she was, uh, no, she was very entertained. I just love seeing behind the scenes. I love peeking behind the curtains and things. And it's just so good. And I think my feelings about Brooksy, Brooks Kepka, have been confirmed. For those of you who watch, no mental toughness. No mental toughness. No abundance mindset. He's just, ugh, not a fan. It's also edited that way. Every Everybody I, needs, you gotta have a villain. I understand character manipulation. I understand that they needed to edit him as a villain, but it probably wasn't a tough edit. We're talking about Cole from Love is Blind, who was wronged. Thanks to, you know, like <laughs> I could go into Love is Blind for hours. I just love good TV. We love good TV in our house. And um, we don't watch a lot of it. 
because my way of winding down at the end of the night is just like melting my brain on TikTok. But man, is full swing good. It's We're so usually good for about 30 minutes. 30 minutes? <laughs> after, I'm, I'm tired. Then we're hitting it. We're tired. Well, if you aren't already watching Full Swing on Netflix, may we say it's worth the time. But that's the kind of docuseries I want shot about Sweetwater. I just haven't, I don't think we have that production budget. Not yet. But just imagine how great a summer would be turned into a docuseries. It has all the makings of a great show. Number one, I think we're relatable, authentic people with a story to tell. Number two, people can see a lot of themselves in our story. Number three, we're small business owners, but we own a small business that's very unique and very aesthetically pleasing, right? It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. You have the built-in drama of weddings and events, the pressure leading up to it, Mm -hmm. right? We live in a beautiful resort, lakeside community. We own a flower shop in a in the most beautiful inland lake in the in the world on on the shores of, if I dare say so myself. I know I'm biased. There's a lot of bias here. Mm-hmm. We have this dream of oh my gosh, silence your phones, respect the pod. <laughs> we have this dream, idyllic loose quotes, idyllic life, living in rural northern Michigan. But also, you know, we I don't know. It's like Housewives meets Top Chef meets an HGTV show meets a docuseries on Netflix about sports. There's something there. Sweetwater, the story. We'll figure something out. Kyler, who shoots a bunch of our stuff for us, I know he knows that this is my ultimate goal, so maybe we can convince him to follow us around just nonstop for a week. I don't know. And Bo and Carolyn were shooting some stuff for us. We'll see. We'll see where, where it all falls down. But if you're listening to this and you want to come shoot this series, please shout. We got Q&As. We do have Q&A today. We're doing a special version of the pod tonight. Um, or this we're, we're recording it tonight, but whenever you're listening to this, we've decided that every few episodes we're going to do a Q&A episode because we want to make sure that those of you who are following along and listening each week get to have your questions answered. And so we put up a question, uh, a Q&A prompt today on Instagram, and we have tons of great responses. Matt has not seen or read any of these. We're sort of going off the cuff here, but I like it that way. I will hear them when you read them. All right. I'll start with something really easy. Let me see here. Do you ever think we'll do another Italy trip? Funny you should ask. Funny you should ask. I'm hosting two more Italy trips. So for those of you who don't know, I'm taking a group of women to Italy in October on a retreat to Tuscany for us to drink a bunch of wine and take really fun food cooking classes and go visit farms and just relax in the Italian countryside. I literally thought no one would buy a ticket. It sold out like in hours. So I didn't ever really get to promote it very highly, but that's okay because we're hosting two more Italy retreats. We are going to Sicily in October of 2024, and that is a couple's retreat. That is a couples retreat hosted by Matt and I. Matt, how do you feel? <laughs> We've not even talked about it. Literally, you texted me. I don't know where we were. You're like, hey, let's host a couples Italy trip. And I said, I think my verbatim was like, sure. Literally. This will be, be funny. You're going to be mad because it's during hunting season. Oh, that's right. We did have some back and forth on that. We did have some back and forth. And a tough pill to swallow was we'll miss Halloween. We will miss Halloween with the kids, but it's okay. We won't miss every Halloween of their entire lives, but we're going to Sicily and we have room for 11 couples to come with us for a week in a ridiculously beautiful villa, taking cooking classes, all these fun excursions. Everything is included in the price. Share have you been bed. to Sicily? Never been to Sicily, which is why I'm so excited for this trip. 
So this is October of 24. When it goes on sale, we will let you know here on the pod. There's only room for 11 couples, though. It's not a big trip. And this isn't a couples retreat like we're going to do like therapy and counseling. It's just like come with someone. Really, we have to make it a couples trip. I've seen this Jason Bateman movie. We have to make it a couples trip because um, whoever you come with, you're sharing a bed with, basically. But hey, if your couple is your best friend, more power to you. That's my vibe. And then in April of 24, so I guess a little bit before that, that spring, I'm taking another group solo through Luca. So we're going to do another huge trip to Luca, um, which will be just a riot. So lots of Italy trips coming up down the pipeline in a little bit. on sale yet? No, neither of those are on sale quite yet. We're waiting like another month or so to put them on sale. Okay. Here we go. A lot go. of passport stamps. A lot of passport. global entry. Uh, I am. I can't wait. I can't wait for global up. entry. I want global entry for everything. Scan my eyeball at the grocery store. I, You know this. I have no problems sharing my data if it makes my life easier. Okay. The first question, second question is, how do you determine and communicate household and child responsibilities? This is coming off our spat upstairs about the laundry on the floor. Um... I think you kind of fall into a rhythm. I don't know. We, For as good of communicators as we are, I don't know that we've actually specifically said, hey, I do these things and you do those things. I always, I don't think you've ever taken the trash out. You don't no, take the I trash don't. Out. I don't have plans to ever. You don't. I do most all the laundry. Mm-hmm. We tag team the dishes. We I do most of the bottle washing. Yeah. I do most of the cooking. What else do I do? It makes it seem like I don't do much. <laughs> I think we have different roles in in the fact that like I handle like the household communications. So like mm-hmm. I'm like the scheduler. I handle all the kids appointments, um, setting up all that stuff. I was just going to say that. Like all the stuff that requires like kids school stuff, extracurriculars, setting all that up. That's on me. And you handle a lot Getting of the household. Valentines. Mm-hmm, all that kind of stuff. Birthday treats cakes. to yes birthday gifts birthdays everything treats yeah, do gifts yeah and then um you do a lot more of the household management stuff so i think it's like i'm more of our family management and you're more household management but then there's mm-hmm. stuff we always divide and conquer but i feel like i'm really good about staying on top of like the kids need summer shoes so i need to get those ordered and make sure they fit they need to have all these things packed for florida like we just sort yeah. of have fallen into our roles but i like i really feel and i'm curious your feelings like i it really feels 50 50 to me like i i do not feel like i do more or you do more no i think some of the conflicts arise when we don't really operate on the same time schedules always like in the evenings you don't want to do anything and i'm like I feel like I can be very productive after the kids go down for sleep. Yeah. And vice versa. Like I want to get up at 6am and start the day yeah. and get, get no moving thanks. and schedule everything for the kids at 8am appointments. And, and you're like, no, I'd rather take the two o'clock and like get our day set. So I think that is where our only budding of heads comes in is when we, we just, we have different times of the day that we really thrive. Opposites attract. Opposites attract, but yeah, I feel really good about how we do it. Okay, this is another question. Do you think you should that a side hustle should always have the goal of becoming full time and growing? I don't think so. No, the beauty of a side hustle is you can make it what you want it to be. By definition, it's something you do on the side. But you know, if you got kids at home or school age kids, and it's sometimes you're not able to work forty hours a week because of school schedules or whatever. So I don't know. I feel like. The idea that it has to be a nine to five, you have to leave the house, clock in, like kind of outdated, but 
I mean, there are plenty of those positions out there. I feel like the time we're in a time and space where work has never been more flexible or more creative for people. And you can have three different jobs. You can have four different jobs. And your side hustle can and should remain just that if you if you want to still find the amount of joy you find in it right now. Because I feel like that the bigger it gets and the more it becomes, the more it's a job. Like look at floral design, you know? And that's okay. That's what I wanted to make it. But no, I think your side hustle can always just remain a side hustle if that's what you want. You do you. What do you think what do you think about hustle culture? We've talked about this before, not on the well, podcast. I feel like hustle culture it it has pros and cons. I feel like hustle culture is to me like a dumb thing we came up with. Like I don't think there's a hustle culture. I think there's just a lot more social media now and a lot a lot more messaging that we're putting in front of us that's just saying like work harder at it and grind at it if you want to make it into something. But on the flip side, there's equal amounts of messaging that's saying take care of yourself and prioritize your mental health and your physical well-being and your wellness. And Don't, Do I you think, think there's any conflicting messaging there? I think we're all adults. And I think if you're an adult, <laughs> yeah, no, you should know you should know when you need a break and when to step away. And you should know that you're a day is not going to make or break your life. And one deal isn't going to make or break your business most often. And one relationship and one opportunity. I just feel like hustle culture. I mean, you know, I tend to err on like the hard ass side of this kind of stuff where I'm just like, just work, like just get up and work. I know you and I feel the same way about this, which is like mental toughness. Like it's not, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Mm. So in a lot of ways, I feel like, yeah, hustle culture is real because the people out here who are hustling hardest are usually getting somewhere. Right. (laughs) But I don't believe in hustle culture and like stepping on others and, you know, being slimy and smarmy and cheating your way to the top. I just feel like, you know. Yeah, that's not what I meant. Maybe the hustle culture is the wrong word, but it it just seems like... Oftentimes, especially people, God, I sound like a boomer. Like nobody wants to work these days, <laughs> you know, like, um, I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting thing. It's an it's interesting big... thing being in your thirties and owning a business and you interact with people that are older than you and younger than you. And I mean, there are definitely personality differences out there. There's also implicit, pr- implicit privilege, right? and bias. So like, it's really easy for me to sit here and be like, work harder, like, like get up and like go to work because I'm like a white woman who is highly educated and has all the opportunities in the world, you know, and I don't, I'm not a single parent. We don't have a child with serious medical needs, like all these things that, so I feel like hustle culture can be damaging when people think it's one size fits all. Cause yeah. I feel like everyone can find a way to work towards a goal, no matter how small or how big. And goals don't have to be huge. I feel like there's like you don't your goal does not have to be to create a million dollar company at all. Mm -hmm. Your goal can be to save 20 extra dollars a week and put it away. Your goal can be to make your coffee at home. Your goal can be to have an extra glass of water a day. I just feel like when we have a goal we're working towards it, it's more fun. And and you have something to shoot for. Yeah. Good advice. Thanks, honey. All right. What business boundaries have you developed from learned experience? That's a really good question. I don't know if you're there yet. I don't know if you've learned any from your eight months with the business full time yet. Well, I mean, I know that we have in the past, you get a sense, especially like on the wedding side, if a couple's going to be a good fit for you. And I think that those first couple years, it's like, 
everybody's a good fit. Like Mm -hmm. you inquired, yes, absolutely. We'll say yes to everything. And as you gain a little bit more confidence and just a better understanding of your offerings and the type of clients you want to attract and work with, I think it becomes easier to hold a little firmer on some things that like, yeah, we don't do X, Y, or Z, or yes, these prices are firm. Like, even though you might be able to find them cheaper, like this is the price that it has, that we need it to be. Mm -hmm. So boundaries like that, I don't know that, I can't think of any others. I feel like one of the boundaries that I've put into place from learned experience in the business is like in the beginning, I felt like every single person I connected with in my business journey, I needed to be best friends with and I needed to like have a life lasting relationship with. And some of those were really natural and felt really great and fit into my life. And other those others felt like it was like exhausting trying to keep up. But in the beginning, I was like, if I don't keep in touch with every single person and comment on every single person who's in the same journey as me's Instagram. And it was like I was spreading myself too thin in support of others. And just trying to people please for the sake of pleasing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I had more time. You know, I think a boundary I've learned is like, or a boundary that we have firmly in place because of learned experience is just like the hard and fast boundary of at the end of the day, I'm a parent and I want to go home and parent my kids. So like at a certain point in the day, I'm done. Now, of course, on a Friday in July, we're not done. And But mm-hmm. like right now, a boundary I have in place is like, I'm not going to bend myself into a, pre- a pretzel to try and respond to someone that day. Or if your wedding is in August of tw- 2023, you do not need to hear back from me within an hour. Your wedding right. is not until August of 2023. Now, if it's August and your wedding is in August of 2023, we're going to try and get back to you within 24 hours, right? So a lot of communication boundaries. And then obviously the boundary that I've had for a really long time since before the kids were born is that learned experience from my previous career, I just, it was a hard and fast rule for me that the kids, their likeness and their image and their names and private information, as far as their identities would not be detailed and shared publicly on the internet. They don't have a choice yet. They they have not consented to being a part of this story in that way. So when they're older, if they want to be, sure. But if they're anything like us, they'll be like, no, thanks. Mom can do all that crazy stuff. Okay, um, another question. I like Q&A. Yeah. What is something in both of your previous jobs that you feel prepared you for being entrepreneurs? I can go first. Hands down, number one skill I learned as a television reporter that set me up for success um, as a business owner was learning how to tell stories and learning how to market. And basically when you are a features reporter... I was talking about small businesses all day. I went to a new small business every morning to feature them on the morning show. And so I very quickly learned and got really good at seeing like what businesses I thought were going to survive and which were not. And I learned that that was all related to branding, storytelling, the product they were offering, the service, but the feeling that they gave people when they came into their business. And that is something I took with me. And when I started Sweetwater, I made sure that was important. Like the TV job set me up for success is being an entrepreneur. Yeah, I felt like yours was a pretty natural transition, especially because in the early days, like you built the brand on Instagram. This was back before reels were a thing, before Instagram stories were even a thing. Like you built it through writing and telling stories and you're a great writer. And it was, you know, I think that somebody might look on the surface and say, well, you're not using your college degree or whatever. And it's like, well, you use it every day. You know, those, those are all skills that you learn through that process in your 
previous career in the news. I would say, man, I've been sitting here thinking about what I was going to say when it was my turn. I think, you know, running athletics programs, it's not too dissimilar from like other events. So, you know, there are things that you need to make sure uh, dots are eyes are dotted and T's are crossed type of thing and just staying organized and trying to work ahead. Those things primarily, I've always been drawn to more like kind of analytical or logistical challenges. So in my role here with Sweetwater, I tend to gravitate towards those things. So books and problem solving and yeah, I think you bring to the table a real, um, like the team gives you a hard time. They call you Maddie Warbucks. Like you're always like telling us like what we can and cannot spend money on. And you're like, we're not getting coffees today. <laughs> like We give you a hard time. We do. But every successful business needs one of those brains involved. And I saw how you budgeted for and literally built new football stadiums and like worked on that business plan and getting those passed and like rallying people around culture. You're also a really good culture builder, which yeah, I don't think you like give a, yourself not, enough time. Yeah, but I'm not like a big rah-rah guy. And I think no, that's, no, no, um, no. I think because of that, I'm not as approachable as some people are. Please. You're very approachable. People do not describe you as intimidating like they do me. I think you're just like a, a great guy. I Thanks. mean, I married you. I think you're great. There we go. Next question. Next question. Is there a Beaver Island trip in the Sheik family future? Great oh, question. Man, that is a great question. Matt is, yeah. we have been going back. And, okay, for those of you who don't know, Beaver Island is one of our favorite places. It is an island 20-something miles off the coast of northern, offshore Lavoie in northern Michigan. You take a ferry to get there or you can fly a plane, but we have this dream of like having a house there, but... Maybe just renting a we house were, there every summer. We had a place lined up to rent last summer um, mm-hmm. for a week awesome. or 10 days, something 10 like that. 10 days. And, it was going to be amazing. And just, um, when was it? June or August? It was August. It was supposed to be like right before our baby was born. Uh-huh. It was in but, July. It was July. in late July. And then and, we were surprised when we found yeah. out we were pregnant. And so we, we booked it a long time ago. We had booked it a long time ago. We had gotten like the best house. It was perfect for us on the island. And so, and this was a big deal because we don't take trips in the summer. We never have really gone anywhere for an extended amount of time. But we were like, the island is close enough that if things were flying off the rails, we could go back to the mainland and it has cell service. We're not talking like an island where you can't talk to people. So there's Wi-Fi and everything. And it was like a big deal. We were going to take a family trip. Uh, long story short, surprise, we're pregnant. We end up canceling the reservation. And then obviously we know how the summer sort of went completely not as expected. But I really want to go back. I re- Not back. I mean, I haven't been since summer of 2021. Been a few years for me. Yeah. And um, I really want to go this summer. But transparently, Matt brought up a good point that like we're going to have the shop. We're going to be moving into a new house. Is this really the summer we want to go away? I don't know. I wish we could find a place like a house on the island for like four nights instead of like, you know, peak season. Seven nights is really the minimum. But we could rent something for seven and just not be there the whole time or share it with friends or something. I think the yeah, answer we're is still weighing our options. we're trying <laughs> to go. I would also go in September just saying we love Beaver It also island. depends. We weren't around much last summer and we need to be around more this summer. Yeah, so for sure. But we're, we have an incredible team forming for this year and way less of a busy season, which there's a question about. So I think we could swing it. 
I hate to say it, but if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, yo, doggy, my marriage is not hitting right. That's okay. There is a chapter two for you. There is happiness on the other side. And do I have the ladies who are helping you going to get there? Look, we know that divorce is nothing anyone wants to talk about, but sometimes it is inevitable and it needs to happen. And I want you to look up Nelson Forster and Stikovich Law. They're right here in Petoskey, Michigan. They specialize in family law, collaborative divorce. They can help you with mediation. And if you're not in the divorce game, but you do need to think about estate planning, trust administration, guardianships, the things that are going to happen if something were to happen and you couldn't be here, or how are you going to help take care of your aging parents, or things as life happens. And it's hard to think about. Look, when we planned our will and all of our estate stuff, I was a basket case. I was crying. I don't ever want to think about any of this stuff happening. But I also know that this is what responsibility is, which is taking care of this stuff so that if the worst was to happen, your family is not left in a lurch behind picking up the dust, right? So let's take care of it. Let's be responsible. Whether you need family law, collaborative divorce, or business law, guardianship, estate planning, trust stuff, all of it, asset protection, the ladies have got you. These ladies have got you. This is Nelson Forster and Stikovich. They are right here in Northern Michigan. Look them up. Their info's in the show notes. Their website is accesslaw.net, access with two C's and two S's. All of it's in the show notes. Hit them up. Tell them we sent you. Thanks for sponsoring the pod, ladies. What are you drinking tonight? We didn't even do that. Clinks, I'm drinking water. Drinking the last Michelob Ultra that I dug out of the fridge. Mick Ultra vibes. All right. Potential hours for the new shop. We are so excited to visit. One thing about the shop, guys, is that this is our first foray into this. We have no idea what to expect. So we're going to be learning right alongside you. I feel like my gut's telling me in July and in August, we'll be open seven days a week. Uh, That's the busiest time of the year up here. And then we will scale the hours as needed throughout the season. We already know that next year after Valentine's Day, we'll probably close for the month of March. Give the team a break, deep clean reset, take family trip. But through the summer, when most of you listening are able to come up north and visit us at the shop in Walloon, chances are we'll be open seven days a week. What do you think? Yeah, I think for sure. I think that that shutdown after Valentine's Day, um, you know, we're kind of in a shoulder season up here where winter activities are winding down a little bit. There's less... And it might be that President's Day weekend that we shut down after. Um, yeah. You know, so we'll, we'll see. There's That's kind of a loose. <clears throat> everything is fluid at this point. But, yeah, I think we will be open six or seven days during the summer for sure. I think um, that's just when the population mostly is here. So a lot of locals, but a lot more people that come during the summer. All right, next question. What is a pet peeve of yours and of Matt's? <laughs> about each other or just in oh general? sure why not about e- let's do an in general and about each other oh my what where do you where do we even begin all right one of my i'll go first okay a pet peeve of mine in general like in the universe is when people are being incredibly inefficient in a way where like if someone steps up to the counter at qdoba and they don't know if they're going to get a bowl or a burrito or tacos, chicken, steak, pinto, black beans, and they're like, hmm, looking in the case, I could put a brick through the window, the, the sneeze guard. I could flip a table. I have like instant, like scary rage. Like I wouldn't say things like move along. Let's get let's get going. All right. Let's let's get that burrito shaken. Inefficiency is very hard for me. It's very hard for me. You know this about me. Like I really oh, yeah. don't have room for it. 
So that's like a universal thing I can't stand. Someone once told me that's an Enneagram three thing where like threes cannot stand inefficiencies and have very little patience. Mm. And a pet peeve of your, like something you do that's a pet peeve of mine. (laughs) Go on. Is probably, I don't know. I feel like sometimes, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. Like I want to say like the chess thing is a pet peeve of mine, but it's not. But maybe it is. You love playing chess against your brother. Yeah, no, I've recently recently gotten back into it. But the thing that drives me nuts is like every day when you're playing, you're like, I'm so bad at this. I suck at chess. No, that's not. Well, yeah, I have said that before. I'm going to, I feel naturally like I need to defend this. Go right ahead. The thing about chess is when it's your turn, you're on the clock. So you will, instead of saying, hey, when this game's over, let's chat, you'll turn and just start talking where if I was scrolling through Instagram or checking emails or something, I can just set that aside. If you don't make a move, then you lose. To which I say, checkmate. (laughs) I don't know. Chess has been tough for me lately. That's that's a little bit of my pet peeve. That's your biggest pet peeve of me? We're doing okay. Okay, your turn. What are your pet peeves? What are your pet peeves? Well, similarly, the the thing that first came to mind is, so I do most of grocery shopping, like almost all of the grocery shopping. And I am um, like you who value efficiencies. Like I make my list and I make it, I group my list by section. So I start in produce and then I work back to dairy and then I go over to the canned stuff and then finish it baby because there's usually baby stuff, diapers or formula or whatever. So I have my route in my mind and I have no problem when grocery stores crowded. I have no problem that other people are shopping. What I do have is when people are like inconsiderate, like hogging the middle of an aisle. Oh my gosh. Or like stopping oh their gosh. cart in the middle I of the can't. aisle to go and w- look at something. And, I it, can't. and then it's like awkward. It's like, do you say, excuse me? Do you try to squeeze through? Like, and I, and I move because like I have things to do. Like I move briskly. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to spend all day at the grocery store. Time is money. That's well, your just, you know, saying. Yeah, time is money, but also just like I, I don't mind shopping, but like I also don't want to be there all day. Like I want to get back home or go do something or whatever. So that is mine. Is when people are being, in my opinion, unaware or inconsiderate of inconsiderate. others around them. Inconsiderate. Like, I will stop and look for something, and like I pull all the way to the side. If I notice that somebody's trying to like oh, eyeball something impossible. where my cart is, I just move five feet forward. Like so. Anyway, that is a giant pet peeve of mine. And what's um, a pet peeve of yours that comes from me? Oh my gosh, there are so many. <laughs> That's nice. That's, That's nice. great yeah. to hear. Um, I have a hard time. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have a hard time listening. But it's not just you, it's anybody. Like, I need some background noise when people are eating. Like, you if, have if the that room is thing. quiet. No, but it's, I don't, I don't know what that thing is. I don't enjoy listening to other people Eat. gulp and chomp their food. And there's that. Like, can you hear this in your ears? No, I don't even do it. Yes, that's, come on. You do that on clinks on Instagram stories. I said you're going to turn away people. Listen, everyone has a anyway, sound this thing. Is, I hope I can not trim the this. We need, we need an energy upper. Next question: What's your favorite meal to cook when entertaining or having friends over? Hands down, without question, is busting out the uni pizza oven. Not sponsored, I was but say would love it. Pizzas, yeah, pizza. I think pizza is the ultimate like people gathering together thing because everyone can put on their own toppings. And then our favorite way to do it is you're just 
everyone just keeps going through the line and then you're pulling the pizzas out as they're ready. You're cutting them up into tiny little pieces and then they're going on like a communal dining yeah, you just area. Keep them coming. Yeah, like it's not like, oh, your pizza's ready. The pizza goes in the middle of the table and everyone can try a slice if they want. It's yeah. really a fun way to entertain. That works if it's a relatively small group of, you know, if it's a couple or a two couples it doesn't work for a bigger group yeah i think the best way for us to try it with a bigger group because we have not done the uni we love our uni pizza oven we've not done the uni with a giant group but you could do it with 10 or 12 people you would just need to have some pizzas pre-stretched and ready that you could just start firing right away and then be like hey hop in and make a pizza like i don't know i love eating that way my favorite way to entertain is actually just like appetizers, like pizza. That's why I love pizza. It's not a huge, big dish. Like you can just have a couple slices. So we just talked about this actually so much on our girls trip. My favorite way to eat is like tapas or shared plates, small plates, charcuterie, snacks, light bites. Yeah. It's my fave. I can't do like a big heavy entree. Oh my God, I sound truly like I'm 65 years old. Like, oh, I just can't, it doesn't sit with me anymore. No, mm -hmm. I just like trying a bunch of things because I love eating. I think the easiest thing is like, burgers on the grill bunch of them going summer day you know paper plates porch dinner at my parents porch, like porch that dinners yeah my parents the summer of covid we like my parents were in our bubble and we did more porch dinners i think i counted what do we do 40 something that summer I, I don't know Four, 40 something porch dinners that summer and it was always just like my sister my brother-in-law my brother his girlfriend us and my parents so often yeah. and we would just do porch dinners and it's like hot dogs chicken dogs hot dogs burgers some chicken breasts on the grill pasta salad corn on the cob corn, corn on the cob i mean that's so pure michigan oh my gosh my mouth is watering <laughs> give me that corn on the cob on a it's hot summer. july night on summer on the deck on the porch yeah. Looking at water, sitting on someone's, oh my gosh, take yourself right there, everybody. ASMR TikToks have like, mm, come back to the lake, you know, all that weird stuff people do. I'm serious though, pure Michigan, baby. All right, next question. This is a personal question. You can choose how far you want to dive into this. I know you'll answer it pretty surface level. We, the Clinks squad, know that Kaylin has a brother and sister. Does Matt have any siblings? Oh, yeah. I have a sister, so I'm the oldest. Um, my sister's youngest. She lives downstate in the greater metro Detroit area with her husband, and they're awesome, and we see them, I don't know, not quite as often as we would like, but... Way more often now. They used to live in Washington. Yeah, they used to live so they... in Seattle, so they since moving back to Michigan, we see them more often, and mm -hmm. my brother also recently relocated from Washington State to the Lansing area, and he's like two years, you know, almost two years younger than me, so... He um, is downstate as well, and yeah, they're both great. They're both awesome. There's no weirdness there. It's just they're not. They didn't ask to be like on I always the say, Sweetwater page either. So. Nothing grinds my gears more than when people will DM and be like, "Do you have drama we, with Matt's family? We yeah, never see them." We get that and I'm question like, a lot, which is so. Number one, I, we don't owe anybody anything, and number yeah. two, how awful of you to assume that. Like, what yeah. is that kind of projection? Well, just that just because I'm not like, here's my mother-in-law, I have a weird relationship with her. You and I have both discussed how we would not have survived the last six months without your mom. And we've yeah. never had a fractured relationship with anyone in your family. No. <laughs> we just are really, like we talked about earlier, just like not everyone signs up to be blasted. And so we're really, we keep that private. Like, or Matt's just even family. part of the story. I mean, I don't. Yeah. You know, everybody has a 
lot, half of my family's not on social media, which is shocking as much as I have a love hate relationship with it. It's still pretty amazing when people are completely absent oh on social gosh, media. We, that is, we need to talk about something though, that needs to make the pod this week. Hmm. Can we just on our internet stalking skills and also how scary that was? Because we had a first name of someone. But no, someone we were talking to gave us a first okay. name and was trying to fade weird. It was like, I don't know much about her, but here's her name's blah, blah, blah. And I just met her. And she and I, how quick do we have home address, first and last name, undergrad? It was pretty scary. Graduate degree. It was scary. And a photo. We didn't have a photo. No, we, we got photos. We had a photos. first name. Oh, yeah. I mean, within 11 photos. minutes, I was like, oh, here are We know their pets. address. We know how we know much they pay address. for their house. We know how much they pay for their house. We know the their property wild, lines. Man. The internet is scary, but mm. also the funniest place ever. Like, I can't wait to get in bed with my TikTokies. Nothing makes me laugh harder. It's so funny. But this is also why when people are like, show your kids. I'm like, no thanks. The internet's a little scary. Next question. How do you deal with the low lows of marriage when and if they happen? Do you want to go? Sure, I'll go. I think tough seasons in your marriage. I'll be transparent in saying that I don't ever really feel like I've had the like, man, I'm Matt and I are just really fractured right now season. Yeah. Just speaking for myself. However, we have been through some really stressful seasons. We've had really stressful money seasons, which were really hard. Obviously, NICU summer was the hardest. Having one of your kids on life support is pretty stressful on your marriage. Mm-hmm. I feel like when we were in the storm of like, how do we even function? I really felt like coming out the other side, I felt like our marriage has never been stronger. Like we we got closer through it. But yeah. I think one of the things I learned the most in that season about our marriage was that we handle things, we cope and we grieve very differently. And that is okay. We did not have to grieve alongside one another or be scared in the same way we were both really scared but we both handled it really differently and there's no right way to handle it and so maybe that's my advice there's no right way to handle the stressful seasons and i don't know what do you want to add yeah i think um when things are not all rosy i think a lot of people myself included tend to probably just like shut down the communication and interactions and you know it's just easy to like do your own thing. I am married to somebody that doesn't let me do that. <laughs> like it's just not an option. Like so I don't know. I think because I think as as long as you're constantly like we're on the same page, which we remind each other all the time, like we're we're on the same team. Oh my know? gosh. And I think we also give each other that pep talk about stuff. Like tomorrow we have to drive down to Grand Rapids. The weather could be really bad and not twenty minutes before we started recording the pod, I was like, Hey, just a reminder, tomorrow's a stressful day. We have doctor's appointments for number three. The roads could be bad. Like we just have to remember we're on the same team for the whole day and always. But I think that's the thing. I think like, I don't know. I'm not a marriage expert. I've only had one. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. But I also think like um, when people stop talking to each other, Mm -hmm. that's that should be remedied as soon as possible. And like you are really good about. Like, I have only really shut down ever once, I feel. And that was, like, during the fertility stuff, during all the losses. Like, I couldn't even function. Wasn't really talking a lot. I was pretty depressed. And you, like, really rose to the occasion then. 
And so I feel like that old adage of like, sometimes someone's going to be able to give, sometimes you're both going to be giving 50-50 to it. Sometimes someone's going to be able to give 90 and you're only going to be able to give 10%, but it can't stay in those skewed percentile percentages for a long time. I think you always need to come back to one another. Yeah, that's a good thing. All right, here's a good one. What does success look like for the brand new Walloon shop? And what's your stretch goal? I want Um, you to go to first for this one. We've not set a sales goal or profit goal for the summer. Um, Yet. 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 Yeah. Not yet. We always do. Um, I think a success. Yeah. I think um, a lot of people that are fans know what's happening, but I think anytime you have a new business, I think getting people in the door is always the biggest challenge. So I think there will probably be some learning pains along the way. So will this be our best year ever i hope not but we hire we've are in the process of hiring some amazing people and some roles that i think they're really excited about and so having them on board and helping facilitate kind of the opening of the retail shop is we couldn't be more excited about i feel like my goal success for the walloon shop to me looks like profitable I know a lot of businesses come out the gate year one saying that, you know, breaking even, there doesn't need to be a really big profit. Like, you just want to cover your expenses, but I want a profitable year one in the shop. I really do. Which I think is, I think it's doable. I think it's doable. I mean, it's a lot of upfront costs to get a space going, but I'm really confident we can be profitable. Another success to me looks like we become a cornerstone part of the village. Like when people think of the village of Walloon Lake, they think of Barrelback the restaurant, mm-hmm. Hotel Walloon, and then I want Sweetwater in that discussion. Yeah. And I mean, there are definitely other businesses they, there in the There's absolutely other sure. businesses there. There's other great businesses in the village. Yeah. There, one of our favorite restaurants in the world, Walloon Lake Inn, is in the village. And I feel we'll like we'll be people, there this weekend. We'll be there this weekend. Oh my God, date night, baby. Can't wait. But I don't feel like when people think of the village, they think of Walloon Lake Inn as much as they think of Barrelback, Hotel Walloon, and then I want, boom, Sweetwater. I want it yeah. in the mix. I want people to know us and to think about us as an as a key part of this village. That's what success yeah. looks like for me, year one. And then my stretch goal would be that it's, I don't want to speak it out loud, but I will. My stretch goal would be if a year in, we're ready to blow open the wall and take over the spot next door. I think it's doable. Yeah. That's going to have to be really leaning into the success of workshops and having pop-up designers and visitors. Like I want to have pop-up shops that are like a thing to come to. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I want like a Teresa Foglia pop-up shop, even though I don't even think Teresa would even ever in her life <laughs> listen to me or pay attention to me. We've been fans for a long time though. We are original fans, original fans. And um, for those of you who don't know, Teresa Foliglia is my favorite hat maker in the world. I have two of her hats, but Matt bought me my first one when she was like... Years ago. Years. Like when I went... So I went to her shop in Malibu last year in April and bought myself my first ever custom hat. And then I brought with me the hat, the custom hat Matt had gotten me years before to get like some 
flair added to Re- it. And resizing. And After get it resized. Kids, it turns out your head's bigger. <laughs> my head got bigger. My ego inflated. And when I pulled it out, they could not even believe. Like they had not seen one of those or- original hats in so long. That's how long we've been fans. So I'm like, what can I do to convince her to come to Wallen Lake and have like a pop-up shop and Yearly Co. Another one, my friend Ann's company and just all these amazing, amazing business owners and people that I'm lucky enough to call friends, but also people who I really, really admire. I want them to have a space at Walloon where they can teach a workshop, they can pop up, they can lead a creative thing. So my stretch goal to answer the question would be that a year from now, we're like, all right, let's blow out the wall next door and just expand. Yeah. I think another stretch goal that we've talked about and plan, it's in the pipeline. It's just a matter of when and where would be another location. Oh, babe, there'll be 10 locations. I know I'm not supposed to tell everybody no, the stre- five-year stre- plan. Yeah, the stretch goal for next year. Oh, yeah, the stretch year, goal. You know yeah, I mean? the str- like, yeah, 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 yeah. The stretch goal for the end of this year would be that we're shopping around for either the, stretch, Grand, Ra- the Grand Rapids location or the Southeast downstate Michigan. location, Southeast Michigan location. That would be a stretch, but it'd be definitely doable. All right, a couple more questions. What does Matt think of wreath season? That's an interesting oh. one. Wreath season is um, chaos. I feel like the last couple of years, there's been a lot of um, pressure. I guess let me back up. Like when we do a wedding and the couple has a budget and we purchase product based on that budget, we take a look at team members, we take a look at hours, we take a look at freelancers if needed, any other additional costs. Like we feel like we have a very strong grip of the numbers on a wedding. On reseason, it's buy a crap ton of evergreens and we just hope we see what we can sell and see. And, and it's, you know, it feels a lot more like rolling the dice. And I guess it is. I mean, we're we're pretty educated in those numbers, but it's so, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's fun. It's um, it's a beautiful time of year. I don't know. I, I, I do like it. It's been good for our business and it's a pillar of our brand. We always say, like, it'll be interesting to see how we work retail into this. Our, our, I know. In per, our store, you know, the brick and mortar store. But you know, we've always said like our pillars are weddings, workshops, and wreaths. So it's definitely a, a core of what we do. Um, I think there's been, there was a lot of questions about the wreath kits because it was born from COVID and people looking to do more things at home. And that's when we kind of pivoted and started offering that and it grew from there. But once you know especially last year like once people could get back in person like as a wreath kit is profitable i thought wreath fest was awesome <laughs> i thought wreath fest was a blast i loved wreath fest but again that was a little bit different because we knew how many tickets we could sell we mm-hmm. sold that many tickets so we knew we bought evergreens for that many people you know like everything was controlled it was so much- fun Wreath Fest is so fun. Yeah. And we had just gotten the baby back home. We've not really talked a lot about the summer or the baby no. on the podcast, but she was in the NICU for a couple months. Then she came home for like 12 days. Yeah. Then got RSV. So then she went back into the NICU and we had kind of freshly got her back home and we're kind of getting into a rhythm when wreath season hit this year so mm-hmm. yeah add that into the mix um so yeah it was pretty chaotic but i could tell like 
I can see it on your face, like Wreath Fest, like you enjoy meeting people and doing all that stuff anyway. But like I could see on your face that Wreath Fest was like a celebration, like oh yeah, of the year. Me cry. Just a lot of people that bought tickets that are long, long time friends that we're not maybe particularly close with, but like you know, it was just it was awesome to see so many familiar faces and new faces and. Just so you know, we many learned a people. lot. We're going to do a lot of things differently next year, and um, we're definitely expanding to two separate weekends and two separate locations, and you know, a lot of awesome things and a lot of learning experience. But it was it was one of the highlights of the year for sure. Wreath Fest was the most fun day of the year for me. Yeah. It was most fun day of the entire year because it was just like Wreath Fest is why and how and what I dreamed of when I started this company. But I couldn't ever put that into words. It just needed to happen. Like, and also, you know, I love proving people wrong. So like when people doubted that I could sell 600 tickets to it and we sold 600 tickets in less than 24 hours, I was like, this is just going to be a party. It's just going to be this fun celebratory thing. And it and it was in a lot of ways that for me as well. It was yeah. such a whirlwind of the day. The only other day I can compare it to in my life is like your wedding where like you cannot believe you're exhausted. You cannot believe mm-hmm. you talk to that many people and you cannot believe it's over because it went so fast because I felt like I would just like teach talk to people, go pump, teach, change my outfit, talk to people, go pump. And so like the one thing when we were driving home, remember, I was like, I didn't even get to see any of it. I didn't, I didn't see any of it. I didn't see any of the vendors. I know. I didn't get to talk to so many vendors. And you were like, it was really awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't get, I didn't get to talk to everybody, but I got to talk to a lot of people and it was, it was awesome. I just feel like wreaths. The reason it makes me want to cry is because like, weddings yes i love weddings and i love being a part of people's wedding day but a lot of times at weddings like we're there and you don't get to see the feeling that the work brings people yeah yeah and like wreaths the magic of wreath fest is that i get to help lead people into learning this silly silly life skill but most often I'm just creating the space for them to be creative. And too many yeah. people have not given themselves that permission. And yeah, I looked hot as hell. So like I looked so good at Wreath Fest. She was snatched. She was thriving. She was lash. She was tanned. Her hair was blonde. She was all the things. I had my fringe. I had my funny outfits on. You know, I thrive in a costume. So it was just, it was so fun. Wreath Fest was so fun. So save the date for, you know, I love a promo. Mm-hmm. November 11th this year, Wreath Fest at Boyne Mountain. So Wreath Fest up north, 1111. Mm-hmm. And then 1119 Wreath Fest downstate back at Robin Hills Farm in Chelsea, Michigan. Mm-hmm. You can come up north, make a weekend of it, go to the spa, hang out with your girlfriends, visit the shop in Walloon, come yeah. to Wreath Fest up north, get <laughs> all your Christmas shopping away. done. Only a couple of miles away, it'll be a riot. So Wreath, to answer the question, Matt's thoughts on Wreath season or how mine is is it's the most chaotic time of our year but it's so fun but it's really risky and hard at times but it brings me so much joy and we're working on it every year yeah and the bulk of the work on it happens during wedding season which is also an insanely busy time of year so the reason why we have time to do a podcast in february is the only time we could have done it oh my god no i'm looking at the calendar for 2023 weddings and i'm like literally the six weeks we have to plan the wreath launch and like do the photo shoot and buy the product and budget it out is the busiest six weeks of wedding season this year yeah which is like uh, half of august through september so it's part of the that's deal. always we'll figure it out 
All right. Last question for the night. I do want to say this is very kind. There's so many in the question box that just say like, no questions. I just love the pod. No questions. Just proud of you guys. It's very sweet of everybody. People are really kind to us. Okay. Last question for our Q&A pod, and then we'll get to Rosebud Thorn for the week. What is, it's a very simple one. It's a great one. What is something you're proud of? Oh, man. I am proud um, mostly of you. Like most of my pride is the amazing things that you do or we do together and that we're teammates in all of it. Like that's brings me a tremendous source of pride. If oh my God, honey. Yeah, no, thanks. I, it's true. Um, if it's something that like something I'm proud of myself for, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about that. I am proud that um, like in everything that I've done, I've always felt like I've always done the best that I, that I can, you know, Mm-hmm. And same with being a parent or being a husband, like I, I try to do the best that I can. Like, I think it's, um, it's a, it's a constant thing. And I think that people that are, that have that, like with sports, like I always call it being a try hard or whatever. Like I always took it very seriously and like did the best that I could. And that's probably what I'm proud of. One you of are an ins- insanely hard worker. Like you don't do anything less than a hundred percent. So you should be very proud of that. Thank you for your, you're being incredibly kind. I mean, you're always. Egan kind. said we're too nice to each other. I know on the e- you guys, Egan, my sister, <laughs> she listened to the podcast. She's like, you guys are too nice to each other. Like, and I, you need to be more real. I'm like, Egan, this is how, I don't know what you think we're like. We're really nice to each other. Yeah. Egan tends to hear the dinner bell or lunch bell or whatever. We have just, a running joke that like yeah. Egan hears a dinner bell and then she's like, hey guys, I'm here. She just like uh, appears. No. Like if I we make a pot of soup, we love yeah. her. It's the best. Like kids get so excited. But like if I make a pot of soup, she's just like, oh my gosh, hey, I'm dropping by for lunch. <laughs> like but today she, she came over. Us, she, like in the middle of the day when like oh, sometimes it's off the things rails just here. are off the yeah. rails. Oh my gosh. So funny. We love you. Eeg. She'll be laughing at this. Um, what am I proud of? I am incredibly, incredibly proud of our family. Yeah. We have just an amazing family. It's beautiful and perfect and funny and wild. And so I'm so, so proud of what we've built together, like our life. And it's just has so many exciting chapters ahead. But I really feel like this last like almost 10 years of marriage, we have gone through insane, insane changes almost nine and challenges years. almost nine years i'm rounding yeah. it up because i want that napa trip babe and so yeah I'm, I'm really proud of our family and like the legacy we're building and what we're creating and then on like a personal level like i'm freaking proud of my body man not in a like my hot bod way like i cannot believe my body grew three human beings and carried them and brought them into the world and then fed them mm-hmm. it's just wild when i think about it it's wild and so whenever I'm like sort of beating myself up about how my body is recovering from all of that, I'm like, holy smokes, my body was pregnant or nursing someone for the better part of five years without a break. Yeah. And then that third baby, that final baby is eight months old. So like cut myself some slack. Yeah. Cut yourself some slack. If you're listening to this, and cut you yourself just, some freaking slack. Yeah. Your body sure. is amazing. Whether it chooses to have children or not, your body is amazing. It carries you through every day. So that's yeah. what I'm proud of. And it's the only one we get. It's the only one you get. Treat it like a temple, says the girl who drinks like three lattes a day. I don't know. I'll get better, guys. I'll get better. All right. Rosebud and thorn. Let's wrap this up. What's your bud? What's your thorn? One of my roses is that you had so much fun on your trip. Thank you. 
Yeah. I think it's important to get away. And Oh my gosh, so important. And um you know, my other roses that like we're kinda hitting a rhythm back here at home. I think that we're settling into this time of quote unquote our downtime. My roses on the business side are that you know, like I talked about, we've got some some hires made. We have a couple more to make, but that, you know, things are trending in the right direction. My thorn is that I'm not looking forward to driving through the snow down to Grand Rapids tomorrow, but it's important and we'll do it and we'll take our time and be safe about it. And that's, that's just the way it is. I'm also getting a little, little nervous that our house won't be done in time. That's... As much as oh, I like God. the process of seeing Anyone it come together, I can't help but look at the calendar and be like, yeah, we're out of here in uh, like two months and a week, whatever that is, nine weeks. So that makes me a little bit nervous and is a thorny feeling. Am I got a lot of buds coming up, man. I'm excited for our kids' doctor's appointment tomorrow. I think that I'm looking forward to more good news and... Hopefully get a surgery date on the calendar because I think we all love knowing mm-hmm. things. And yeah, the new house is always a is a bud. We've got some fun things coming up personally, like uh, you and I are booking a little stay at Hotel Walloon. And it's our favorite hotel in the world. We try to go there every, I don't know, four to six months. Once a try quarter. To, yeah, Once just quarter, for an overnight. You know, head over there in the afternoon and come back pretty early in the morning, but it's fun. Fun to get away for short overnight. Rosebud and Thorn. Okay. My rose is, I had a great girls trip. I had a riot. I laughed so hard. I My stomach hurt from laughing. We had the best time. Another rose of mine is, no, this is like really low level, but like, damn, I made good dinner tonight. Yeah, that was good. That was a good, uh, good idea. Well executed. Just all of it. It hit all the bases. Yeah. I made um like a salmon sushi bowl, but with a heck because we think salmon is too expensive right now. Can't afford anything well, these days. The price of grocery. We, oh, God. We, we used smoked salmon, and it was good. It was awesome. Delicious. So made a good dinner. Um, Another rose is I'm a CBD girly now. I'm like really leaning into CBD again. It's really been making me feel really good. And um, so those are my roses. My thorns. I'm not going to say that the house is a thorn. The chest? No, I shouldn't say that. I should not chess. <laughs> chess. <laughs> no, babe. I have bigger, I have bigger fish to fry. The chess is like a, a nothing in my life. One of my thorns is I really don't want to come down to a, you've, you've seen me all week working very proactively on shop stuff because I'm trying to avoid when the build out on the shop is done and we're really, really anxious to open the doors so we can start being open. I don't want to rush it. So it feels half-assed at the end. Yeah. So I don't want us to feel pressure to open. So one of my thorns has been, that's been a little stressful for me. Like I've, I'm really trying to tick off my shop list, but it's all fun stuff. So I don't really have a thorn right now. My buds, I am so looking forward to number three's appointments this week. We see her surgeon, same as you. I'm hoping for some answers, hoping for a plan, but mostly just hoping for a good checkup. Another one of my buds is our date night. We have a date night this weekend. We're going out with friends and then our overnight, all the same buds always. I am really excited for this shop in Walloon. I feel like we are going to kill it. 
I feel like this is going to be a northern Michigan destination. Like, I cannot wait to hear how far people drove to come and see it, to experience it. Like, I want to blow this out of the water. And we're going to. And then another one of my buds is our house being done. I really, I'm having, I'm manifesting a lot of lucky girl syndrome right now. We'll get into that on the next week's episode. (laughs) But um, I have just been like making crazy things happen in my life. And I'm putting it on my list to talk about next week. But I feel like if the house isn't done in time, everything is going to fall into place. We're going to find the perfect giant RV for all of us to sleep in at the property for the two weeks. I don't want to do that. Oh, me either. Trust me. You think I want to camp with all of you? No. But I'm really positive that we will be in the house by the time we're out of this house. Does that mean I will be at the house every day, like losing my mind? Will we be slapping pain on some things? Maybe. I don't know, but I'm still staying positive. Oh, yeah. I said I would reserve any stress or anything about it until... Until March. The end of March. Oh, you... I thought... So, cool. No, I did just add four weeks. Yeah. Okay. March 1st was when we were going to re reevaluate, but... Yes. So, all good things, you know? It is I'm all good I'm feeling really things. blessed. Very excited. Life is good, and um, I'm grateful you guys listen to this pod. Once again, sponsorship opportunities are available for the podcast. You can have your business featured like the one you heard featured here today. You can email me, Kaylin, at sweetwaternorth.com, baby. Put in the subject line, pod sponsor. While I have you, please know that we will talk about Italy on sale. We will talk about flower subscriptions on sale. All those things will be brought up next week when we go back to our original format on the pod. This was a fun Q&A will they hear, episode. Will they hear it on the podcast first? I don't know if I can commit to that yet. I don't know okay. if I can commit to that yet. But they'll be real. You'll, you'll hear early. You'll hear early on some stuff. Like we're talking way more in depth about the shop here. We're talking about Wreath Fest. Both save mm-hmm. the dates are out. Um, we talk a lot more about business strategy. But you know me. I can't keep my mouth shut. If something's on sale and available, yeah. I'm just like shouting it. So follow along on Instagram. We'll be there. And I'm grateful you're here. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening. Take care of yourself. Drink some water. Get some rest. And remember... Yes. Don't sweat the small stuff. It's all small stuff. Not really. There's some really big stuff that's really freaking hard. You'll get through it. You'll figure out a way. Love and light. See you next week. There we go. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Nelson Forrester and Stikovich. Hey, look, do you have a business? If you do listen up, you need to have your, for lack of a better term, poop in a group. And you need to have a lawyer set you this stuff up so it's legit and you're not going to get in trouble and you're not going to look like a wahoo if things go wrong. Let me lead you to Nelson Forster and Stikovich, a group of amazing ladies right here in Petoskey, Michigan. We're talking business succession planning. We're talking about asset protection. Okay, we're talking about estate and trust admin stuff. You got to have this stuff locked down, y'all. It's not time to play. We are thriving professional ladies. And I know no one wants to think about it and it's overwhelming, but that's why I love that this is an all-female firm because they meet you where you are. They just get it. So if you are interested at all, their information is in the show notes. You can look them up at accesslaw.net. That's Nelson Forster and Stikovich Law, exceptional counsel right here in Northern Michigan, where your legal issues are their business.